0: Log Talk Radio and the men who hold white places must be the ones who start for the new reality closer to the heart. Hey, welcome to Snake Oil Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Jim Ventura. Thanks for joining me today. If you're catching the show... Live or in archive? Uh, again, welcome. Uh, my name is Jim Ventura. I am a professional navigational consultant. Uh, Layman's terms, what that means is uh, my expertise is in oracles, uh, all different types, astrology, and numerology, and tarot cards, and rune stones, and animal totems. Uh, all kinds of different work I've done with these for many years. Uh, I do private consultations with here with people here in my home office in Phoenix as well as by phone. If you want information on my services, please go to jimventura.com and check out uh, the information there. Also, published author of a few books. Also, information about that available on my, on my website. You can also purchase my books through Amazon. And I do a monthly column called Snake Oil that uh, right now is currently... Uh, about 1,600, 1,700 people are getting, um, if you're not already on my email mailing list to receive the monthly column, it's free, it's blind copied, so I'm going to get your email address from, from using it. No one will ever get that. Uh, it's just a once-a-month column. Email me at Ventures at and sign up for the free newsletter. Uh, so this is the uh, beginning of the month, and apropos, we are going to do a live column read and uh, subsequent discussion uh, about the column in a little bit more detail. Uh, I will not be taking live callers for today's show. Uh, I don't uh, do live calls when I do the uh, the column read shows because it's only a 45 minute show, and uh, I want to be able to talk in more detail about the column and what that means and, and all that good stuff. Uh, every few months, I do a astrology update show. And those uh, those particular shows are an opportunity at the end of the show for call-ins for a quick little couple-minute mini-read. So, uh, get on my follow list for uh, Blog Talk Radio, for Snake Oil, and, and you'll know when those shows come up. Okay, so uh, what I'm going to do, of course, is start off by reading the column in case you haven't already read it uh, so we know what we are talking about here. Uh, this is uh, was a new column. Um, again, I, I don't always do new columns. Uh, I have reached a point where I've got like 110 columns, so occasionally I run a repeat column, but this was a brand new column that was written uh, back in in early December, and uh, so I'm going to read this, and then we'll talk a little bit more about it. So uh, this column, of course, is called Closer to the Heart. One of my fondest memories of my early 20s was attending many different rock concerts, I saw amazing groups like Yes, uh, Fleetwood Mac, Pink Floyd, The Moody Blues, The Fix, and so many other notable bands. My friends and I would bring our concert paraphernalia and just hang out and listen to incredible live music with other fans. I have been blessed to have wonderful memories of many, many good times associated with music. One of my favorite bands was Rush. To this day, they're still making great music, although it has been about 28 years since I attended my last Rush concert. Uh, During every concert, they would always eventually sing one of their most profound and touching songs called Closer to the Heart. It was always the same pattern in every concert. When the first few chords of the song began, everyone would stand up and quietly light their lighters and raise them in the air each individual flame creating a sea of light. Uh, It might sound silly if you've never experienced something like this, but it was always a powerful event and an emotional wave that lit up the room in a really touching way. There were no arguments or disagreements about what this song meant. Everyone there was connected, each in their own way and feeling the same universal hope of building a new reality that was closer to the heart. 2016 is over, and few of us would argue that it was an extremely difficult year. I actually personally had a fairly good year, but I helped a lot of people who experienced some really difficult tests, I challenged them. The tragic news stories, losses of major celebrities, artists, and musicians were far too frequent. The terrorist activities here in America and abroad were brutal appeared in the early summer where these seemed to be weekly stories that were incomprehensible. One of my friends at my gym, who was just a few years older than me, re- wisely remarked that he felt bad for young people today because they were sadly becoming used to this stuff. They would never know a time when tragedies and terrorist attacks weren't a normal thing. The elections were relentlessly mudslinging. Fake news stories were everywhere, attacks on men and women of color, and the slaying of police officers were some of the darkest stuff I've ever seen so far in my lifetime. Not only were the candidates at times smearing each other, but the memes I saw on Facebook from friends on either side were at times incredibly uncomfortable to look at. I never unfriended anyone, but I did have to unfollow a few people who were posting things that were quite ugly. It's one thing to disagree and express a point of view, uh, and another to atrociously attack people who disagree. The election was fascinating to follow. It was unlike anything we've ever seen before. It was uncomfortable to watch and hard to turn away from at the same time. I often heard during the year that a high percentage of Americans feel things are going in the wrong direction. Uh, There might be some truth in this. Stagnant wages, corrupt politicians, and the shrinking of the middle class are among a host of difficult areas that are hard to deny. Yet we sometimes seem to overlook how far we've come in the last three decades when it comes to human rights. When I was a young man, interracial dating was extremely frowned upon. Mixed couples. It almost seems silly saying these words now, mixed couples were frequently taunted, disowned, and at times treated horribly. Women still had all kinds of nonsense to deal with, a list too long to list here. Racial, sexual, and religious bias were were still at levels that young people today could not comprehend. Now, more people can comfortably admit they're spiritual without being labeled New Age nutjobs. While Christianity in its many forms is still practiced by far by the largest percentage of Americans, other religious affiliations are able to more comfortably express themselves, including atheists and agnostics, without scorn. Gay and lesbian couples no longer have to hide in the closet. They legally marry, have children, live far more comfortably in comparison to even a decade ago. We recycle things, eat a lot better, have amazing technological breakthroughs that make a lot of aspects of our lives far easier. Advances in Western medicine and healthcare have moved forward. Prosthetics have given people mobility. Alternative medicine and healing have become actual options for people. Said inequity still exists. We are far from where we ideally should be, but we have taken great strides forward. To not acknowledge this notable progress is blindness. With all these amazing changes and forward movement over the years, one has to wonder why we're currently experiencing such an obnoxious, darker backlash in human rights. While all kinds of people have been able to come out of the closet and be themselves, we also see a lot more negative people and troll-like commentaries as well. Arise in the alt-right movement, a modern name for white supremacist groups, and some extremist groups on even the very far left as well, are sadly on the rise. The challenging of women's rights again, arguments over the use of the right bathroom, and name-calling of epic proportions are hard to comprehend. I've seen people I call friends on Facebook post some surprisingly ugly things. One side calling liberals things like libtards. The other side calling anyone who disagrees racists and hillbillies. Comments on articles and posts are some of the meanest, ugliest things I've ever seen. Hate crimes toward Jewish people, Muslims, immigrants, and transgender people are on the rise. They seem to me moving backwards and almost getting uglier in some respects. The beautiful progressive hope of people coming together and moving closer to the heart truly seems to be a pipe dream. I was very young in the early to mid-70s, but just old enough to remember the sharp divisions between Republicans and Democrats. The country was very divided. The contrast of the hippie peace and love movement against an extremely conservative, conservative movement were often in an angry battle with who was right. It feels somewhat similar to that pattern again. I suspect we will see very similar themes play out again. One of the most common of the seven fears that human beings have or chief negative features is stubbornness, which is a fear of change. Its positive expression is determination. Its negative expression is obstinacy. A lot of people with stubbornness are yelling loudly at this time. Many people are getting meaner. Fear is increasing on both sides, the left and the right. It can be extremely difficult to maneuver comfortably during cycles like this. It has felt very uncomfortable energetically for most of 2016. It may not be an easy thing to do, but seeing the larger picture can be of value. This discomfort may actually be part of the healing process. Sometimes forward movement in society may include a temporary dark move backwards before we take great strides forward again. The current volatile energy is actually a response to how far we move forward. The confusion and fear of a changing, evolving society has scared many people and triggered some fighting back. The movement away from a focus on the heart is noticeable in other ways. I see so many people in unhappy marriages clinging to jobs that they don't find rewarding but pay the bills. Large numbers of people struggle with commitments to family they don't find fulfilling or truly rewarding. Many people use alcohol and antidepressants to help block the pain of a lack of joy in their lives. I'm so surprised that we have an epidemic of drug addiction in many states. Potentially life-destroying abuses of pharmaceutical drugs Heroin and meth are ways of coping with lives that are unfulfilling and not heart-centered. Self-destruction is a fear of lack of control. A few weeks ago, a Middle Eastern deli or bakery was the target of vandalism here in Phoenix. Rocks were thrown through the storefront windows, and graffiti saying hateful things desecrated the building. This is a family-run business that has been in the Valley for over 40 years. A beautiful coming together of people created a GoFundMe page on Facebook to help with the repairs. Quite a bit of money was raised. Now even more people are patronizing the deli than ever. People came together to do the right thing. People figuratively raised their lighters high in the air. They acted from a place that was closer to the heart this is one of the many current examples of good that can arise from ugliness we will thankfully see even more of this in the coming years good things are peeking through but it's likely to be a rocky road ahead maybe if more people stop identifying with being only a Republican a Democrat or a Libertarian etc and see themselves as part of the human race we could change the focus The truth is clinging only to a left or right position is myopic. The majority of us have areas where we're somewhat liberal and somewhat conservative. It also suggests a lack of self-awareness to not recognize and honor that there are other people who may feel or believe differently than us. Moving forward to a heart-centered place needs to be more than just a political issue. Yes, Sometimes we need to stand up against oppression and to challenge what is ugly in this world. This is one significant way we contribute to changing the world for the better. Still, it's important to be decent and kind in our day-to-day lives, to become more heart-centered and release more of our bias. The small, everyday deeds of ordinary people will contribute to building a new reality that is closer to the heart. Okay, so this was my uh, my January column, and uh, I am uh, very proud of it. It took me a little bit to write this. Uh, this is one of the reasons why I don't uh, why I don't do a, a new column every month. It is a lot of work that uh, can go into some of these columns uh, as a writer. Uh, editing and, and various other things really uh, take up some time. Uh, but I love it. I'm grateful that I get to do it. I, I offer this for free. Ultimately, to my my listeners and my readers, and you know, I know some people would love to have personal sessions with me, uh, and may not be able to financially afford to. Um, and and you know, reading my column and some of my radio shows is a good way to get insight, and it doesn't cost nothing. So that's a good thing, uh, and and I'm ultimately happy to to do that. Um, you know, uh, this, this this particular column. Uh, I think i again I, I, I hit upon a number of points that I think are significant um one you know I've said this for a very very long time you know uh, i I typically don't get uh very political in my writing um i'm I'm very careful in a lot of ways to make sure i I don't uh necessarily offend uh many of the different people that i are both my clients and my readers um I have a lot of clients who are much more liberal in tone, probably the brunt are, but I also have many clients that are are somewhat more conservative or Republican in in their focus and approach. And listen, all the people that I do know that are more Republican or more conservative are not racist. They're not, uh, uh, you know, terrible people contrary to beliefs that sometimes on the far left have. Uh, The really uglier ones, uh, so to speak, I'm not friends with them. <laughs> and any anyway, anyway. They wouldn't come to me for a session or hang out with me anyway. But listen, some people are very conservative in their perspectives and opinions and, and I also respect that. And and like I said in the piece, listen, I'm gonna definitely lean quite a bit more left in philosophy and point of view and opinion. Uh you know, politically I would have ideally uh preferred Bernie Sanders uh be the Democratic nominee and have won a couple things they disagreed with but mostly. that was an awesome candidate. Uh, you know second choice would have been Hillary Clinton. The third and not at all choice would have been Donald Trump. But that's what has happened. And I don't there's a reason for that even we don't understand why that is necessarily the case. And I would never attack the people I know that are Trump supporters uh, because there's a lot of different people that go into the perception of being a supporter of Trump it Um, You know, to say they're all racist and things like that is is nonsense. It's not true. Uh, There's a number of reasons why that is the case, and I'm not going to get into too much of the political discussion here anyway. Suffice to say this, and this I think is very key. Remember, whether you are a Democrat or Republican or liberal, any of those other things, you're probably not really textbook on everything. Um, Listen, even the most liberal people are going to have areas where you're somewhat conservative in your thinking. Uh, Vice versa. Uh, A lot of conservative people are tremendously open-minded when it comes to human rights and things of that nature. So it's nonsense to say that you're one thing or another. It's very similar to encountering uh, very religious people who take the Bible literally. You know, I said I would never attack anybody for, for what they do or what they believe, but the idea of taking every word of the Bible as a literal thing to me is kind of ludicrous. Um, listen, it was written by men. It has been around for over 2,000 years. It's been rewritten. It's been changed. It's been influenced by popes and other people who who infl- and added things and subtracted things and, and even the vernacular and the language uh, is, is subjective in a lot of ways. What one would perceive as an abomination uh, meant uh, something else in some ways in terms of biblical understanding. So so if you're Christian and you follow that philosophy, you you functioning person, you understand. You know, same thing with a lot of Catholics. They love Catholicism, they follow it, but they don't they don't uh, they don't follow every degree or every rule to the letter of the law. So I think it's an important thing to ultimately uh, remind people of that we, we're more than that. We are but bits and pieces of different things in, in, in that respect. I think it's important. And, and also, as I discussed in the piece, it's important to be an understanding of other people in that respect as well. Listen, e- either everything's karmic or nothing's karmic. What I mean by that is, you know, if someone is very negative and racist or homophobic and things like that, you know, eventually in their own time, in their own evolution, they will learn in this lifetime Uh, to develop some type of empathy. or if they don't learn it, then they will reincarnate in another time and another place as the very thing that they judged or attacked and then learn it that way. Uh, This is the reality of of, of the way things are wired. It's not a one-shot deal. We go through through, (laughs) through many different evolutionary patterns and movements in our life. and, and, And again, just at a purely practical level, it's good to be understanding of other people, even if you don't necessarily agree. Um, You know, again, I don't, uh, you know, I I remember even the first time I heard the word libtard. um, I chuckled at the creativity of it to refer to someone as a libtard, but it also struck me as a very ugly thing to say because, again, it sort of seems like you're sort of saying like liberals are retarded. And then, what's wrong with being retarded? By the way, there's tremendous beauty in, in retarded people in that sense. So that, again, there's an ugliness even attached to the words. Um, even during the campaign, when Hillary Clinton called the, the basket of deplorables, it wasn't a lot of people reacted. And some of the people that are supporters in that way were kind of deplorable people. No one's arguing that. But to assume the majority or a large part of them are is not necessarily true either and obnoxious. So I think that's what we saw You know, to me, the election was a reflection You know, everyone could say it's Hillary Clinton's fault it's, it's Trump's fault, all these other things But listen, it was a reflection of, of, of us At one level or another Not necessarily specifically, but in the larger context uh, we, 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 in the last year or two I've, I've especially noticed that there has been A kind of an increase in, in just meanness for, for lack of a better way of putting it And listen, cyclically, like I kind of alluded to this in the piece, and now I can kind of go into this a little bit more insight and information. Um, Listen, I I, I was born in 64. So in the early 70s, I remember as a kid the women's rights movement. Um, It was powerful what was happening at that time in the late 60s into the early 70s. And then in in 72, 73, there was this huge backlash against the women's rights movement where a lot of women kind of got up and, and were against the Equal Protection Act. And it was years of, of a lot of states not uh, putting that through. And there was a lot of you know, the women that were against it wanted to be housewives and mothers, and they didn't like this idea of women losing their femininity. And there was just a really kind of a dark um, backlash that had happened over this kind of forward movement. And, and in their defense, the women that were against it no, I think it all it, oh, had pushed itself in another direction where a woman who raised children and, and had a family in some ways was seen as like, you know, a throwback, um, not as valuable as a woman that was a, a career woman and juggled and handled both things or, you know, so I, I get it, but it was an extreme response and fear that surfaced, like I said, the piece, a lot of stubbornness that had come up about the changing and evolving of society. Um, you, you, we, We see this... Now in other ways, because there really there has been a lot of progress for human rights across the board. In many different areas, we've moved forward in a lot of ways. So now comes the backlash in that sense. And, 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 and again, getting away from the candidates and all the other stuff, there's more to this in that sense. This is what has to happen. In some ways, we sometimes step backwards as a society before we necessarily step forward. So yes, we've seen a lot of really yucky, for lack of a way of putting it, stuff surface in the last couple of years, um, and, and, and there's, a, uh, there's a reason for that in that sense. People are, are ultimately fighting back in fear about the evolution and the change of society. You know, we saw this in the last year or two with the transgender bathroom issue. People freaking out about it, and men are going to be able to dress up as women and just go into the bathroom and and, and see girls in the bathroom and changing rooms and all this fear that came up. And you know and and if you're a liberal person in perspective, you look at these people and you want to smack them and say, what are you talking about? I mean, you know, there's almost no recorded incidents of that ever happening, and this is just an irrational fear that's coming up. But if you're a more hard-centered person, you understand that that crazy, angry response does stem from an urge to protect children, even if it's misguided and largely untrue. Um, it still comes from a place of wanting to to protect and, and make sure children are are um, you know are are not harmed. And women being fearful of men coming into a restroom again, it's not a real, actual reality that it's going to happen, and we can't act that way in terms of uh, legislation to, to block. Uh, you know, transgender people have to kind of go to the bathroom somewhere. You know, my perspective was always on it is, listen, it doesn't, I don't give a crap, so to speak, about whether someone is a, uh, a man dressed as a woman. If that's the way you want to live your life and you find fulfillment in that, who gives you a shit? You know, to me, you know, uh, you're not really necessarily harming anybody in any respect. And then, and, and, you know, and going into a bathroom, I mean, I I think sometimes people on the extreme right have this idea that like women are having topless pillow fights in bathrooms or something. I mean, people are going to the bathroom. It's not, Jesus, (laughs) relax. It's not, it's nothing in that sense. Again, people in the military are much more aware of this in a way that that ultimately doesn't matter. You know what I mean? But Again, because transgender people is something a lot of people are not familiar with and it scares them and they don't understand it and we get this backlash of society's going to hell in a handbasket and we have to fight this and here comes the trolls and the negative comments and the darkness and all this other jazz. So yeah, we're going to see some bumpy stuff ahead um, without question. Uh, But again, when I wrote Close to the Heart, you know, I uh, I was very impressed by what had happened here locally with the Middle Eastern Deli uh, Bakery. It was wonderful how many people came together in that sense to help out. And, and therein is where our hope lies in that sense, that through this darkness, the good comes out in people. People rechange and refocus their priorities. You saw this in another context, in another way, 2001 after 9-11. We had a very horrific incident, uh, staggering proportions, and, and people came together in a way that was really profound. We came together as a country in that sense, and it took something very divisive and dark to bring that together. And, and a lot of people don't, re- you know, if you're, if you're too young to remember this or, you know, or just forgot, you no, know, there was a lot of division around the election in 2000. Uh, George Bush came in to a very divided country at one level or another. And as dark and as ugly as 9-11 was, and it was, it did bring people together from both sides in a different way. You know, uh, the responders that went to help there in and, 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 and all capacities were Republicans and Democrats and liberals and black people and white people and gay people. It didn't matter. You helped each other in that sense. Americans became Americans. So that's what this is, guys. I know it's hard to see that, and it can be upsetting because, like I said, there's more trouble ahead. You know, even uh, even in 2016, the latter part of the spring and early part of the summer, it was like one terrorist bombing and thing after another in Paris and Turkey and the Orlando nightclub and, I mean, and even the year before, we had the the shooting in the black church. I mean, horrible, horrible things that came down the pike. But what was interesting to me, purely from an intellectual level, not an emotional one, because all those things upset me greatly in the tremendous sense of sadness at that loss, was that, for instance, with the Orlando uh, nightclub attack, listen, people there wasn't so much rhetoric about gay or lesbian being wrong or bad or any other crapola that you still sometimes hear. People were genuinely distraught that this happened to young people in the first place that this happened. The gay and lesbian issue was not at the forefront of what this was. It was at the forefront of the psychopath who did it, who was probably a a oppressed gay or bisexual male, not even probably was, um, And that's a big part of where that stemmed from, that, you know, society uh, repressing that element of him and him acting out on it and attacking the very people that reflect a part of himself that he doesn't want to see. Duh. Basic psychology and and basic metaphysics, guys. Um, But people didn't, that wasn't the heart of the issue. Any nightclub that had been attacked this way, it, it could have been in that sense. This was profound. And again, as usual, What you see with gay and lesbian and bisexual, transgender, questioning LGBT, there's a whole bunch of letters. Uh, What you see is the support and the coming together, even in the community, is staggering of of coming together among gay and lesbian people. That's why they've had so much progress, because uh, that's what gay, lesbian, transgender, bisexual people do. It's largely supportive and pushing forward. But it was also the straight, heterosexual community that came. Rose to the occasion to help out. So, what my advice is, as tough as it is, keep that in mind in the larger picture of what's going on now into the next couple of years. Um, that yeah, you know, uh, listen, there, there's going to be uh, there's a choppy road in front of us. Uh, you know, uh, I, I, I the, the presidential presidential president elect who will, will be the president is a difficult person uh to put it, it uh, ultimately mildly but um, but there's a reason for it again and the, and i don't i don't expect as much of the doom and gloom as a lot of other people are seeing but yes there's going to be some troubles with that um just for metaphysical information and a little insight that way um i had uh, a couple of months ago I had run donald trump's Astrology chart, and I also run Hillary Clinton's chart. If you uh, follow and, and read my column uh, every uh, my monthly column, you'll have gotten that information uh, sent to you. Um, you can find uh, if you want to read back columns. You can go to uh, blogger.com and look up snake oil Jim Ventura and and locate my column, or again just email me and I'll start sending you the column. But the, I have like the last four or five years of columns back there so you can back-read things. But um, I had posted the astrology of of Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. Um, And and I also, in my last newsletter, I had mentioned the the overleaves of of Donald Trump. Now, that stems from the Michael teachings, uh, some way similar to astrology, but really almost easier in some levels to learn or to understand. So Donald Trump is a king essence, uh, which only comprises about 1% of the population. There are seven different types of essences artisans, sages, kings, warriors, you know we're all one type of an essence, some are more common than others, but kings are the least common of the essences, and Donald Trump is a king. So kings tend to be very magnetic in a way that people are drawn to. Positive pole of a king's expression is mastery. Um, the negative pole is tyranny. Uh, his Goal in life. There are seven goals in life that people have, again, some more common than others. Uh, Donald Trump's goal is dominance, positive pole leadership, negative pole dictatorship. Uh, his modus operandi is uh, power mode. Uh, you can, uh, again, if you understand the Michael teachings, you can very much see that in his posturing. Uh, positive pole of power mode is authority. Uh, its negative expression is oppression. On his attitude, uh, I'm probably guessing to be a pragmatist. I'm not sure on that, but I think he's probably a pragmatist because he does slide some of the other attitudes. Positive pole is practical. Negative pole is dogmatic. And his two chief negative features or fear-based responses, uh, almost all human beings have a primary chief feature, chief negative feature and a backup chief negative feature. His primary is greed, positive pole appetite, negative pole veracity, and arrogance would be his other chief negative feature, positive poll pride, negative poll vanity. So um, that should give you some insight into Donald Trump so he can kind of go either way with these things in that sense, again, like like ultimately like most human beings. So we'll see what unfolds. But. It's interesting to me, uh, as much as it's disturbing, it's also interesting, because it will be interesting to see, like I said, how this evolves and where this necessarily goes. Uh, I was wrong in my prediction. I only gave the probability of Donald Trump winning a 15 to 20% probability. I thought it was a much higher probability Hillary Clinton was going to win. I was a little surprised by the outcome of this election. Uh, But, again, uh, there's purpose to that as well. Taking this back around to the idea of closer to the heart, um, you know, I, I see this all the time. I have clients. I have people who really struggle. Uh, a lot of the clients I work with are amazing human beings, um, have made incredible progress in their life. But, you know, I, I do, I see people out in the world and out in life that are really in pain and, and really, really struggling a lot. Uh, we We do see a lot of people that are, it's not like they're, not, they're on the wrong path, but they're not fulfilled in who they are and what they do. Uh, this is why you see such an increase in drug addiction, again, whether through pharmaceuticals or heroin and things of that nature being all over the place uh, in that respect. It's not necessarily new, uh, but there's a lot of it uh, in that respect. I think a lot of people are lost. So, so D, uh by being... Living a heart-centered life means that you have that empathy and understanding of where other people are and you're less inclined to necessarily judge them. You help them when you can and you understand uh, their difficulty and and, and what they're going through, even if you don't agree. Um, But, you know, the reference I used for this piece about the music of Rush and Closer to the Heart, listen, even to this day, when I hear that song, it does usually make me tear up a little bit emotionally because aside from just the profoundness of the song, um, it's the the message of what it's saying that always had resonated with me in that way. It's also the experience, the experience that I had at those concerts when this would happen. Um, There was a unifying. There was a coming together. And, and it was, it was, it was beautiful uh, to see it. And, and, you know, it's also notable that we lost so many amazing creative talents in 2016. Uh, you can speculate a lot on why that was. But remember, whenever there's a loss, you know, it's not replaceable for obvious reasons. But new creativity will come in to, um, to not replace it, but to add to it in a way so we're going to see the spurring of a lot of creative minds in in a very positive sense, also uh, a lot of creative uh, new people and and voices that will come into the world as well with the other old voices will still have their value, but we will see those new things. You know I see a lot of people ripping on millennials and saying, "Oh they're all lazy and and yeah, I do a little bit of that on occasion <laughs> myself, too, with humor. But we sometimes forget to take into account, you know, the millennials are, by and large, not racist, not homophobic, um, very open, very tolerant of other people and the way they live their lives. So racism and homophobia and all those things, listen, these are things that are slowly really to a large extent dying out. Uh, still there. And, again, we're seeing an upsurge of some of this, uh, darker stuff, but by and large, the younger people are not there with that type of thing, and, and, and awesome, and hallelujah, that they're not. We, we don't need that that garbage anymore. It, it's, it's whittling its way out of society, but as I've stated on, on many other shows in, in the past and in my columns, we always have to remember something, guys. When society changes and, and shifts in a profound way, Um, there often is a backlash of ugliness that surfaces before something really uh, dark in society goes. Uh, Again, you can have this kind of forward movement and then there's a lap back in a way where people are holding on to that old paradigm and that old vision, and it is dissolving. We're just at a time when we're experiencing some of that backlash at this point in the game before we move forward again. But we will move forward again. There's, there's no question on that. It's just something that we have to kind of wait our way through. There, life is very cyclical. Uh, I think it's very important to always understand that. Uh, I've often used this analogy as a gambler uh, meaning, you know, once a week I, I go to a casino to play. I go to Vegas about six or seven times a year for a couple of days. I love to gamble, um, but, and this is not an addiction issue. I'm a mathematician. I'm very smart. I use comps. In fact, I have a whole website uh, called The uh, Wise Guy's Guide to Gambling, and I wrote a book. Uh, you can email me if you want a copy of my book, uh, Wise Guy's Guide to Gambling, teaching people how to gamble like I do, which is smart gambling where you gamble very inexpensively and get a lot of freebies and things. <laughs> it's not metaphysical stuff. It's practicality, showing how to use comps and things of that nature. So here's a little plug-in for that, by the way. But it's awesome, and you can get an online copy of my book for 7 bucks, so it's very cheap. Um, and you can follow me through uh, my Wise guy site on Facebook and get information there. It's awesome. But what I know as a gambler is, in, in the larger picture, the house will always win meaning there's a house advantage that's built in. So the idea of winning in the long run, of course, is impossible, but nearly impossible. Uh, So that's not the focus. The focus is on having a good time, having great vacations for very little money, in that sense, getting a lot of comps for a lot of freebies. That's what I do. But the main thing I understand as a gambler, and here's why I use this as an analogy. One, I'm a very spiritual person. I like gambling because it's not spiritual. I like like to do that every once in a while. I like to be dumb. I want to just even though I'm still not dumb. I play a lot of video poker and I use math, but I enjoy that. It's not a spiritual thing. It's not sensing whether a machine is going to pay. None of that nonsense comes into play. It's basic mathematics, but what I understand is you can't win all of the time. In the long run, you're going to lose, but you can lose very little. And and as a gambler, you know, I, I had gone last night to, to stay at the, the local Harris Casino, and I played uh, and got a free hotel room and free dinner and gambled. And, and listen, I dropped a little over 200 bucks, which I normally don't even do. A lot of times I break even or come up a little. Or um, And and two weeks ago, I left the casino up $500. And listen, I'm not even a high-stakes gambler. I bet in like $0.40, $0.60 cents when I each bet. I'm not betting high stakes. I play $5 blackjack tables. but the thing is, I had a loss yesterday and kind of a big one for me because with all the comps I get, I rarely spend that kind of money. But I didn't mind because I understand that some, every once in a while I'm going to experience a relatively large loss. I don't have the type of losses where I lose a thousand or a few thousand. I don't spend enough. I never would to do that. But I can absorb up a $200 loss because knowing that, in the next week or two when I go, I'm either going to be even or win again. It'll cycle that and- in the long run, I understand those cycles. So it's the same thing in our own lives. Listen, if you're happy and you're fulfilled and things are going well, you store nuts for the you Understand that cyclical patterns change in life. Things are not always on an up cycle, sometimes on a down cycle. But I think it's something that the gamblers and, and, and people of that ilk who are smart about it truly understand. And so what we're seeing in society is a reflection of that type of patterning and energy as well immersing in a larger way so my advice is to roll with it understand that this too shall pass the difficult stuff that we're seeing and and you know yourself be a heart-centered person find that fulfillment in yourself Figure out what you need to do to be fulfilled and happy in this world and overcome your fears and move forward and and be kind to each other you don't have to agree with what everybody thinks or believes in order to, to be a kind and, and loving person. You don't have to hang out with someone that you find to be vulgar or difficult, but you don't have to hate them either. You can understand in that sense that, that people are different. That's what makes this world ultimately interesting. <laughs> and Beneath the veneer of all the difficulty is goodness in almost all human beings in that sense. It's just some people... Express it in a darker and more uncomfortable way. So, you want to get closer to heart? Be closer to your heart. Open yourself up uh, to people and, and understanding. And uh, and 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 that little thing will light lights in the world. Bit by. bit, We need to do. Okay, looks like I'm out of time here. So you can see why I don't take calls. And a few people jump in. Uh, sorry I couldn't get your calls today. I will try to do a. Uh, um, an astrology show in the next month or two so I can take a few live calls but uh, if you're not already getting my column email me venture.sage@yahoo.com. get added to the monthly newsletter mailing list it doesn't cost anything uh, any information about my services and yes I do phone consultations as well as consultations go to JimVenture.com for information on my books all my other good stuff uh, just to let everybody know I'm not a line. so uh there's no SECI hotline here, so calling and wanting an appointment today uh, is rarely ever going to happen. I'm usually booked two to three advance, sometimes a little longer. Uh, you've got to ask for a schedule calendar and follow through a quarter. okay, guys, um, I only do about 15 to 20, 22 appointments a week, uh, and that's all I take, so sometimes I book up uh, same-day appointments. Are not likely. More often than not, uh, sometimes I get in the next day or two, so be patient. Um but uh, thanks for listening to the show today. Uh, it was great uh, getting to read and, and kind of express a little bit more information about that column. But a happy new year and all the best in 2017. Okay, cheers.